Thank you very much and a very warm welcome to all of you and good afternoon. Let's have some energy. Clap, clap. Thank you. A request from the uh, panel ladies is, after Piche Bete, please, aage we'd like to see you. It's not very nice to talk to empty chairs. So young boys and girls, please come in the front quickly. Please come in the front. Please come in the front. Please come in the front. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, here we go. Delighted to be here and thank you very much for inviting me, uh, the college, to uh, moderate this brilliant uh, panel here. We have such fabulous names here. We have many with Kaveri Bangzai, Namita Ampuri, and Harshati Singh. Give it up for them, please. On behalf of the very warm Nagpur city, I'm so delighted to be among such a galaxy of intellectual stars, authors, poets, academicians, thinkers, and role models. Welcome. And since we have such dynamic ladies amongst us, let us begin as we have less time and so much more to listen to and learn from you. At the very outset, I have been hearing this woman empowerment for last so many years. I still don't understand what does it entail? What, how do we define this? The terminology woman empowerment is big. So I'd like to invite you that how would you define it and I'd like to begin with you, Pavel. I think it's a gigantic con that has been uh, I think it's a gigantic con that has been uh, exercised uh, on women uh, just to make them feel like they're having it all while they're actually doing it all. Uh, and I think uh, during the pandemic, it's only become worse. Uh, we realized when we work from home, we work for the home. We work in the home, uh, we work for the family, uh, we do everything possible, uh, uh, there's no uh, there's no distinction, there's no such thing as uh, a gender divide in terms of uh, division of labor. So it really is um, uh, a whole lot of people telling you to lean in uh, when actually what we should be doing is leaning out and leaving our families out to dry for maybe a couple of days and letting them feel what it's like when the woman of the house is not there, which is why I'm here, by the way, uh, rather than doing this online and on Zoom. Uh, but seriously, I think, uh, you know, uh, our mothers have been doing it all for years and years and years without really having it all. And I think uh, this generation of women uh, especially knows exactly how much they sacrifice and how much they gave up uh, of their public lives so that we, this generation, and I think I would say that we are perhaps one of the first uh, in, uh, you know, of our generation to try and have it all as we were told by men like Bharat Dhamulkar and all their wonderful ads when they said, you know, you've come such a long way, baby, and we realized actually, no, we haven't. We're pretty much uh, where we were. Uh, the pay gap is, uh, Maybe not so much. I recently read, today I read somebody, a Hollywood uh, film star who says, uh, you know, she's quite happy with uh, the pay gap because it means only $5 million less than what the leading man uh, gets. And 
I wish we could talk in those figures, but for us, a pay gap is really a, you know, an actual thing. Uh, there's a pay gap, there's a division of labor gap, there's, uh, there's uh, a parenting gap, there's a gap in all our lives. And I think uh, we were the first generation really to understand that because, uh, as I say, the gigantic horn was played on us and uh, uh, it was something that, uh, you know, we were told that, uh, you know, once you go out into the public domain, magically all your private responsibilities will be taken care of, they're not. Uh, and we here today, I think we're here today, we stand on the shoulders of so many women who uh, really have helped us along the way. And sometimes I think, I know it sounds very cynical and very sad and depressing, but sometimes I think really, you know, was it worth it? You know, I know L'Oreal tells you that you're worth it, but really, was it worth it? And should we go back to a simpler time uh, rather than try and make men understand uh, that they need to really uh, pull up their socks and start contributing to our lives so that we can have a more equal life. And maybe there's hope in the next generation. I don't know. I've raised two boys. I don't see that much hope. But uh, maybe I'm an anomaly and I was really a bad parent. And uh, maybe this generation of men will be different and they will try and quickly share the burden with. Uh, the women they marry, the women they are related to, the women they're born of, and if that happens, I think then uh, we have male empowerment. And women will just be happy to have that, you know. Male understanding, I won't call it empowerment, they have too much power in it. Male empathy, shall, shall we say. I think rather than women empowerment, we really need to start a movement for male empathy. And I think I'll be happy with that, really. Well, taking on from Kaveh, yes, this uh, empowerment thing is a big call. And uh, why should we be empowered? I mean, the whole idea is to be equal. Man or woman, equality is more important than empowerment of either of the genders. And uh, yes, as she's explaining everything, what, especially vis-a-vis -vis the pandemic, we've seen you know, men are working, women are working, women are working more for the house, in the house, by the house, whatever. Right. And uh, that's not changed. If, yes, if you looked at it, the very typical male bastions, like you have uh, engineering, IT, uh, you know, all the typical male uh, careers, architects, uh, engineers, and all, maybe in 1995, the percentage was about. 1% women, after so many years, 30, I mean 20 years or so, it's barely 5 or 7% women more. You know, I'm just giving you an example of the Israeli defense, uh, where the men, the senior men officers were, uh, that in 2,595, and today there are about 8,500 women. So not much. And uh, if you look at places we call postmen, it's always a postman. Why not a postwoman? Or you know, you have a, a driver, the, uh, the bus drivers, the truck drivers, the you know, the train drivers. They are all all men. Postmen, drivers, and you you have a bit of uh, women in the call uh, centers. But the reason for this is the women are not truly. If you 
want to use the word safe or empowered in that way because Ola driver, I think there's only one Ola driver in India who's a woman, Noor Jahan, and she started a little school now with 25 women, but that none of them are really driving apart from one or two. So the whole idea is one best driver, uh, I forget her name. Um, she in Bombay, she's the only best driver. She's a 24 year old girl. But uh, the whole problem is people look at you. Imagine a post woman coming to deliver your letters. You know, you'll all be looking instead of taking the letter as, as you never. So the whole idea is we have to make the environment more friendly, more empathetic, more safer. Whether it is in terms of transport, in terms of security, in terms of teaching the men not to look with weird, you know, not to give weird looks, but to have more empathy. And that is how we do by raising our own kids. Hopefully, our kids, I mean, since as we are in the transition generation and we have been in that, you know, semi uh, empowered women that we do teach our boys and the boys are definitely a lot more understanding. I'm sure you children are much more understanding. You've all helped your mothers and sisters during the pandemic in the household chores. But uh, nevertheless, I think it's the old mindset and it's going to take a few more generations to change. Because even if, you know, some men do help, it is on a very outer level and this is only in the urban sector. In the rural sector, there is no work for them. They don't even know what empowerment, so we are not even including them. But it will take a couple of generations for it to filter. So that's what I feel. Um, so for me, uh, I don't know whether I'm playing the devil's advocate here or not, but for me, women will, well, they are empowered, and I prefer the word equal. That is the place that we want to reach. Uh, I think when a woman has no doubt of her self-worth, where she has no self-doubt, there is no guilt when she's doing something and she feels guilty that, you know, am I doing this in an exclusion or something else? When she is able to make a choice without, uh, you know, giving it 10 pre-thoughts, that uh, am I making the right choice? Is it right for my family? Will my in-laws be happy about it? Etc. 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 So when she can make the choice, and the third is when she can be confident of making change in her own life, and then extrapolating it to making a change to a larger community or uh, to people around her. I think then a woman can be said that. She is empowered or an equal because uh, I think it's high time we accept the fact that this is a reality where we are not. We are still at the very nascent stage of equality, empowerment, whatever word you might want to use. Um, and I completely agree that our generation is the transition or the bridge generation where we want our own children to have those skill sets where, um, you know, when they do get married or they're in a relationship, the, our daughters don't feel that, uh, you know, that this, it's the repetition or it's the same vicious cycle. So 
Of course, I mean, I would look at it more positively in terms of that we are trying and we are very, the, the slow and steady speed is not very comfortable, I think, for any of us. We want modern speed here, uh, but that's not happening for now. But I would say let's try harder. That's all I could say. Uh, yeah, uh, so for me, women empowerment would actually mean a level playing field. And luckily in India, as Kavani uh, and Lalita are also here, uh, we don't really have any kind of discrimination. I had women bosses all my life, and uh, so that was good. Uh, media is not there. Uh, but uh, I, I'd like to talk from the perspective of um, the a, a new project that I'm working on, which relates to uh, women in the army, and I just spent some time uh, at an army establishment. Uh, in fact, it coincided with the uh, news of NDA, uh, you know, women being allowed, girls being allowed to uh, enter NDA, and you should see the reactions that I got from the male officers. Uh, in the thing, they, it was like just unbelievable. So when you're talking of a level playing field. It's the same exam, it's the same entrance exam, it's the same training, yeah, even the officers training academy in Chennai is exactly, women, women cadets are supposed to do exactly the same thing as male cadets. But the uh, comments that I got were, uh, no, you know, um, in, in the OTA, women uh, cadets have, they, they have more pelvic fractures and then men. So, I, you know, I, I just said, okay, a woman who joins, wants to join the army, uh, not going to be deterred by a pelvic fracture, and there is no even if you're if you're taking in terms of people who drop out or who find it difficult, you'll find the number is much larger in terms of women rather than men. So there's of course no spreading to back any of this. This was just their point of view, and they said things like, in any case, women, you know, in the army, they're not allowed to go in for combat duty, and uh, you know, so infantry. So, so I basically why are you even coming? You're talking to, you know, you're kind of wasting a seat. Uh, that was one. Uh, totally disregarding so many women who have reached uh, very good infantry positions. In fact, um, a friend of mine, uh, of she's a doctor, but she's a lieutenant general, a three-star general in the army. So for doctors, they they think that this is okay, but this is you know for combat areas not happen. And um, so this kind of patronizing attitude. And uh, similarly, even uh, in my last book uh, on the ISRO women scientists, that's where. You know, uh, see, they do remarkable work, the women scientists, the ones, uh, especially the ones who worked on Mongolia. Uh, that was the focus of the book. And um, all of them, Bari, none, told me at some point or the other of the interview, I was very grateful for the support of my husband, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. You know, so it's as if uh, you, you couldn't have done it without the support. I'm waiting for a day. When a man's success will be, you know, somebody will ask him. So, uh, how much of the credit will you give to your wife, family, blah, blah, blah? Nobody ever asks a man that question. So, all of these women, some of them even said, Yes, yeah, so, you know, my in laws allowed me to work. So, I worked 18 hours a day sending a rocket to Mars and I was allowed to work away. So, I'm waiting for that kind of parity. So, especially in male dominated areas, uh, as I said in India, one did not face that, at least I personally did. Uh, but in male dominated areas like the army, uh, like uh, uh, women's scientists, they were less than 20%. Yeah, 
in his room. His actual number. And uh, no, no woman who's head uh, office center. And of uh, course, so now you have project directors like Ritu Karinda, she was there for Chandra and two. And uh, but it's it's a very, very slow uh, process, extremely slow. And everybody is grateful for family support. Uh, let's ask the men that question. Yeah, so I'll get back. Yeah, I think. May I just uh, step in here? Sure, please, of course. Uh, you know, it's so strange, Germany, that you're saying this. And when you look at the actual work that is done in villages, uh, you know, when you see a farmer, you see a male farmer. But it's not true. 65% of our farmers are actually women. And uh, so, you know, that is, that is actually the nature of work in our country, which is actually female work. I mean, the sewing and the, uh, you know, the paddy sewing, all that is done by women. But, that's not the image one has, you know, the image one has of work is a very masculine work, whether it's construction or whether it's farming. And it is so unfair to women because, you know, we talk about the double burden of home and work. And in, women in uh, villages have been doing it for all their lives, you know, they're cooking, they're going out into the fields, uh, they don't even have the facilities we do. So I think that whole idea of what work is and looking at it from a very masculine prison, yeah. prison that actually once we realize that that is not true and that is a that is the biggest con, then I think we start to appreciate what uh, a level playing field is. And when I say field, I mean an actual field, an actual farm. So I think that's also important. And Absolutely. Within this context, I'd also like to um, read your notice the fact that in the past 10 years, you've actually seen a decline of women in the workforce. In the, yeah. uh, I think it's gone down by 13% or something. That is extremely worrying, which makes you feel that when the economy is in decline, it's the women who lose their jobs first. They're the weakest link and the easiest to sack the easiest to explain away, the easiest to make invisible. And that I think is again something that is so worrying. That when you look at in India in the 21st century and you see that the number of women in the urban workforce and by that I mean, you know, organized workforce is declining. How much of exploitation must be happening at home? You see the rise of mental illness, you see rise of domestic violence. All these things are all interconnected, you know, nothing is an accident. So I think we have to look at everything within that context. What the nature of work is, how it's defined, what is the nature of family, do we need a new kind of family for this new age? You cannot any longer have, uh, you know, just the mother being the uh, primary caregiver, you have to have a new kind of uh, caregiving. There's so many things and when you look at the uh, legislation of our country, it seems so wonderful. You know, you have maternity leave and six months maternity leave. How much of it is actually, uh, you know, used? So, anyway, so, I just wanted to put that up. Yeah, thank you so much. That was interesting. I would like to invite the audience for the questions. Should you feel at any point you want to ask something, please feel free. It's rather nice to have an interactive session just to listen to us all the time. Yeah? Yes, sir. Madam, uh, all gracious ladies, I would just like to ask you one thing. But you want to say women's empowerment is not there. When will men empowerment come to the homes? 
the homes are still being completely dominated by the <laughs>
So that is something to understand why. So, yes, Sanjay. So I appreciate everything that you have been saying. I am not a very good there are more than 50% girls and women out here, number one. But two, all the examinations that you see, IAS, IIT, IIT, etc. Is the women who are talking now? Okay, so women, yeah, most of the time. Don't you see it's a gradual change? Maybe it's slow, okay? But don't you see it change? That's not the point, Sanjay. No, 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 in fact, that's not the point. Yes, the ratios drop is what she was saying. The point is she may talk the exams, but at the end of the day when she comes home, she's answerable to the man of the house. Today is a kind of drastic change. Today, in our house, it's a kind of in the urban sector, as she rightly pointed out. What is good, even in science, for science, when I was researching the history of women scientists, yes, the women, the girls talk, they talk in 10th, they talk in 12th. They also reach, you know, graduation level. After that is when the gap happens. Because though your formative years, which you know, guys are there going around conferences, they're just concentrating fully on their career, the women are not. As soon as she's 23, finished graduation, her parents start looking for a boy. And once you get into the marriage, children, mommy track, then you know you lose about 10 years straight away. Then you re-enter the workforce. So it's it's a whole lot of actual numbers. Which are you know sort of so it may look as if they talk in 10th standard and 12th standard, but after that there's a sharp increase. In engineering colleges, if you go to a typical engineering class today, there are more than 30 to 40 percent women of girls in that class today. In engineers, maybe more than 60 percent or 70 percent at They still are answerable to uh, yes. do things in the house yes. which can be done by the counterpart yes. who has come home, who is sitting in the house but assumes that all this is your duty. So gender roles is what we are talking about, that we want to do away with those completely. Wherein the next generation that comes in doesn't wait for the wife to come in and then go and buy the milk. I can forgive my mother-in-law and my mother to say this to me because I know that internalized, there is something called internalized misogyny where, uh, yes, patriarchy as well and, and women have this internalized misogyny which they can't get over. So they will keep telling their daughters, oh it's your job to do this, it's your job to make the tea for your husband, have you taken care of your husband or not, you know, so it's in their mind. But what we are trying to say is that we want to do away with these gender roles where girls are meant to take care of the house and work and men are only meant to work. So that is what we are actually talking about. So point was there is a trajectory and the improvement. Yes. As I said earlier, there is a slow and steady rise. However, it's not as fast. The pace is not as fast. Yes. Uh, you want to have a question, please? I don't have a question. I just wanted to add a little bit. And I feel that, you know, it takes a village to do any, to bring about any change or anything. And as uh, women, uh, we cannot wait for the men to really step up. We have to take it in our control. We, otherwise, we will be waiting forever. We have to take things. However, where are the role models that we want our sons 
to look up to and to change. So we have to play that role too. So we become the role models. Yeah, we have to, and we have, and again, you know, we have it's it it has to come from all angles. You know, we just cannot have one way. You know, men have to think differently, undoubtedly, much as much as it is outside their comfort zone. Uh, we have to push it. Until and unless we don't push it, I doubt things are going to change because obviously they are happy in their comfort zone. Uh, so we have to definitely work harder for that. Yes, being at the top of the pyramid is a perfect, comfortable place uh, to be. She has a question. Okay. Since the last year, the pandemic has been so severely unkind to school-going children, girls, yeah. of course. And uh, this is, you know, we're talking about families where over many generations, maybe it was the first time that the girl child of the family ever saw the face of school. And she was the first one to be pulled out, whether she was a top girl or she excelled in a subject or had explicit skill or whatever. So the, uh, this is true of Rujal level across. It's a poverty thing, right? The other thing is uh, a shocking image that has stayed with me of the pandemic taking back all of you back to it is uh, and this is true of demonetization as well the longest queues were not for masks not for sanitizers not for ATMs they were for liquor shops and the minute the shutters went up the queues were mile long and I I felt bad for the men they need the empowerment actually they are really they need the alcohol or the bottle of you know, it's so bad that they can go to any length and that is not, that story is wiped out. That, that is not discussed enough. That, that, that little money of the salary after demonetization or pandemic or lockdown, losing your job that you're getting, you it's okay for you to blow it up on the bottom. And it's equally okay for the girls child to be pulled out of school. But your bottle is more important. This is not discussed enough. Uh, and it, and it, in, in one wide, straight away wipes out the futures of hundreds and hundreds of girl children and sets a horrible precedent that this is okay. Okay. So uh, we'd like. I just wanted to make one comment there. Sure. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, No, uh, I think uh, not just the girls, but also the boys, you know, these 18 months, going on to two years, I can, I cannot wrap my head around uh, the fact that you will have a generation of kids who from, say, who were going to school, say, if they were five, uh, they will be going to school for the first time when they're seven years old. How much of socialization, and it all comes back to the idea of gender roles, you know, how much of that socialization that takes place in schools where we, you know, we play with uh, uh, the boys, play with girls, or whatever, whatever little interaction happens, at least something happens, how much of that is wiped out? And I mean, we were not even going to the digital divide and talk about online learning and all that, but I think this is really such a valid point and it's something that all of us really need to think about uh, carefully that you have a generation that has gone into school that has no idea what school is like, what socialization with the other uh, gender is like, what it's like to play with a girl, what it's like to sit with a girl, what it's like to talk to a girl, you know. 
So uh, I, I wonder what that is going to do. We have to do a lot of work as a society to overcome this, uh, this gap. I think it's done a lot of harm to so many families in so many different ways. Yeah, men have of course also been, uh, uh, you know, deeply damaged, deeply affected, but women have really borne the brand. I think that, I think even my friends here are very open to agree with that. They have really borne the brunt of all that. And you know, those liquor cues, what are they translated into? Domestic violence many of the times, you know, and who suffers. Exactly. Who suffers the most? There's a question here. Man, uh, when we talk about the woman empowerment, we are generally comparing the woman with the males. Uh, but uh, according to me, there is some psychology that the uh, women uh, are uh, not encouraging other women to go ahead. For example, a uh, mother-in-law, especially if we are facing the problem, that mother-in-law don't want that uh, uh, her uh, daughter-in-law go ahead because she is not able to give time at home. So when that psychology will change, so will it get changed? That is the biggest problem that I know. I think the magic word here is role models. Uh, when women realize that supporting women is very essential, that is one. The second is because women are so underrepresented um, in most of the spheres, actually. Uh, it it has it is a detriment to the generations which are coming up. So only when women realize that they need to um, break through the ceiling, I won't say, but break boundaries and stick to um, the role that they want. So as I said earlier also, to be the ability to make a choice for yourself, whether it is for your career, whether it is to decide that, okay, I'm done with work and I want to stay at home. So without thinking of other people, making a choice for yourself, that is the second. And third is where women realize that it's okay to have self-doubt, where it is okay to feel like an imposter. Because most of the women who really are doing well for themselves do have self-doubt, do worry that you know they have been um, they've been historically um, asked not to be in that role. So when, uh, when women are in that role, uh, you know, so it's like a vicious circle because they keep feeling, am I doing the right thing? Do I need to do more to prove myself, etc. They keep going back and forth, back and forth in that, which again leads to the fact that they drop out. And, you know, with the pandemic coming in, uh, we were, we've already discussed how women were the first ones to lose their jobs. And so less women in the workforce, less women at higher positions, less role models, you know, inevitably translates to uh, it being bad for the younger generations who do want to do better. But because there's nobody they can look up to, uh, you know, they, they are unable to come, come forward. And so I think to answer your question, I think, I think I would say education, I would say strength, I would say support, I would say physical uh, well, role models. Yes. So, role models, I think, discovers everything. So, um, a gentleman has a question. We can't uh, not have him ask the question. Uh, there is not that much talk on women empowerment. 
is stressing the actual women empowerment is actually actually stressing the women empowerment no i was agreeing with you earlier question is not very clear sir but i like to answer that if i may we need to talk it out we need to understand we need yes we it is not stressing it out i think we have to bring it out in the open educated ladies uneducated ladies we all have this issue in one measure or the other and it's not stressing it out it has to be put out the men also have to know what we are going through i think it is uh, and it's it not, is creating a kind of uh, resistance among the male side uh, so this it's not about male versus female that's not the idea yes but the idea is the idea is not male versus female that is not what we are trying to promote project or say what we are trying to say is give us equal footing give us a place to put our foot without bringing in so many uh, you know what can i say filters or so many benchmarks where which, which we need to cross so many hurdles that we need to uh, you know because i come from a, a profession i'm a judge in the consumer forum it's a place where um, as as a woman if i'm sitting on the dais i have very senior lawyers coming and looking at me and thinking oh we know more than her and it does take a lot of effort and a lot of uh, confidence to sit there and face them and make them understand that you deserve to be sitting on that chair and you worked like crazy just to be sitting here so you can see the uh, the you know the, the look in their eyes will she know you know would she be able to translate what she knows into her work so as i i always say that my pen has to be mightier than my voice and that is how you know you change uh, mindsets and so it's not about male versus female not at all just one point here uh, sorry see i'm saying sorry so we can no matter but just one point here no open the door for us and don't make us smash it open yeah. open the door nicely with gallantry chivalry and just let us see the outside world don't make us smash every door and window to get to where we that's all just open the door for us or give us the key we open it ourselves so uh, i i i feel uh, i don't know what i feel right now because <laughs> there were so many questions that i wanted to ask the ladies here and but i'm glad that this has been an interactive session so it's not been a monotonous uh, hearing for you guys but i also have this one small point to make that i think our grandmothers were empowered in the olden days as you said maybe it was more simple the men are went out to work and their job was just to get the money home and the women were in charge of the house men have no say in it now so, we have to do everything now we have to do everything that is what i wanted to say man my grandmother was uh, much more empowered than uh, mother or so yahi wo keh rahi hai ki aaj ke zamane mein kya ho gaya hai बहुत ज्यादा अभी तो हम सौ साल पहले नहीं जा सकते ना अभी आगे ही बढ़ना है ना और घर से बाहर निकल गए ना ऑफिस घर में जाना भी नहीं चाहिए